0: Before we get into today's video I would like to thank everyone for their support on the our youtube petition. Student loans are financial tools that have been put into place to give promising individuals the ability to get an education and increase their potential for future earnings with a strong professional career. These loans are normally taken out to attend colleges and universities. These tertiary institutions are filled to the brim with world leaders in their respective fields who are ready to pass down a wealth of knowledge and insight which will in turn shape the world of tomorrow. On a nationwide level, having a well-educated and skilled workforce is one of the strongest determinants of economic success. We have seen this time and time again with nations like South Korea, Japan, Switzerland and Germany, who are not necessarily blessed with a wealth of natural resources or great geography or even great neighbours, but nonetheless they hold their own as some of the world's wealthiest nations. For all of these reasons, Young men and women from around the world have grown up with the idea that their education is the best investment that they can make, but is it? Student loan debt in the USA has reached 1.6 trillion US dollars. This is an absolutely huge amount of money that is weighing disproportionately on young people just starting out in life. If a university degree was supposed to give you a head start, then crippling debt looks like it's going to be the ball and chain in that same race. This is not just a US problem either. Students from around the world are continually paying more and more to get an education. Now, it should go without saying that taking on $50,000 in debt is normally a terrible personal financial decision unless it's going to give you some form of a return, like, say, a really good job. But will this debt impact the whole economy? Is it still worth taking on debt for an education? And finally, What would be the impact of the proposed student loan forgiveness program? This episode of Economics Explained was made possible by our fans on Patreon. If you would like to gain early access to these videos before they're uploaded to YouTube, as well as participate in our exclusive live Q&A sessions which are now held every Saturday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, please consider supporting our channel on patreon.com slash economics explained. Now student loan debt hasn't always been an issue. For a long time tertiary education was free for most students, or at the very least was much cheaper than the model that we have today. So before we start looking at the debt as a potential problem, it is best to understand where it started. The specifics of the history of higher education is different from country to country and even inside the United States it is different from state to state because education in the US is primarily controlled by the states. On a macro level though, all of these intricacies tell the same story. When you hear people talking about the time when college was free or lamenting over how boomers got a free education or arguing that institutions are greedy because they demand so much money, well this is all mostly true, but it came from a time that almost nobody went to college. Between the end of world war II and the 1970s, less than 50% of people had actually graduated from high school and less than 10% of the population held a college degree. And this was for a few reasons. For starters, it was extremely hard to get into these institutions. The acceptance rate into tertiary education facilities at this time was around 10%, which for reference is only slightly higher than the acceptance rate into Ivy League colleges today. The low acceptance rate was a product of two things. The first was that there was just not that many universities, In 1960 there was less than 700 tertiary institutions in the nation, today there are over four and a half thousand, with thousands of other vocational schools on top of this. What's more is that the average university is now taking in far more students than it would have in previous decades. Now of course the population of the United States has increased in the past 60 years, rising from 180 million to 328 million. But in that same time, the number of spots in universities has increased tenfold, meaning that people are more than five times as likely to attend college today than they would have in the 1960s. The second reason is that university education has become more important to individual workers. People are quick to look at the debt crisis and call the whole industry a sham, but in reality we are working in a far more technical world today than we were 60 years ago. A worker in post-war America could normally find a comfortable job with a basic trade or even as an unskilled laborer. Manufacturing and industrial works like mining and car production employed a majority of American workers and these jobs were good. They could comfortably support a family with a single income and for most people that was more than enough. Of course Getting a college degree would open up more skilled professions that would pay better, but in many ways this was the 1960s equivalent of getting a masters degree or studying medicine or law. It was very impressive when people did go to uni and almost guaranteed them a ticket to an upper middle class lifestyle, but it was by no means necessary. This all started to change though when the government realized that a well-educated population would be a requirement to maintain a strong and prosperous economy into the age of innovation. Computers, telecommunications, automated manufacturing, globalization and an advanced financial system has made our world much more productive. The average worker in the US is now on average four times more productive than the average worker in the 1960s. This is the result of a few things, for starters people are working longer hours than they once were. Today things like unpaid overtime or multiple jobs are pretty commonplace, but also people are genuinely more skilled. Someone sitting in an office coordinating global supply chains is going to produce much more wealth and add much more value than someone operating a hydraulic press on an assembly line. Sure the output of one is much more tangible than the output of the other, but the supply chain manager will still add more value in total. Now these types of more abstract and wildly productive roles were not super common 60 years ago, but today they are everywhere. A case in point, open up your local job listing website and see how far you need to scroll before you find a job title that isn't complete corporate jargon. The only thing is that some of these roles require more insight and training than a high school education could provide. Around the world in response to this more institutions were built and more funding became available to get the skills needed to perform these new world tasks. Now in some countries like Sweden, Norway, Finland, you know, the usual suspects. They just provided government funding to universities, but most nations started to realize that student loans were the answer. Student loans are in a sense a really fair way of giving students the ability to go to college without placing the burden onto society at large. For example, it doesn't necessarily seem fair that business owners or laborers should have to pay higher taxes to fund a college education that they never took out, right? Well yeah, maybe, but this is a somewhat limited argument There are actually plenty of things that people's tax dollars go towards that will never directly benefit them. Many people will never claim any form of social welfare in their lives, but their tax dollars will still go to pay for it. The military is unlikely to ever protect your home from an air raid, though I don't know, don't tempt 2020, but either way, your tax dollars would still go towards funding this service. We pay these taxes and fund these services because they provide public goods. As in goods that everybody effectively benefits from, but nobody would ever willingly pay for themselves unless they were forced. Watch our video on do we need taxes to learn more about this. As for education though, it might have the same impact, but with one key distinction. If push came to shove, people would pay for their own education. Either way, having a nation filled with intelligent and innovative people would still build wealth for everybody, sure. It will probably build wealth more so for the innovators, but technology and innovations are some of the few things in society that do actually trickle down. So in aggregate, would society as a whole benefit more from free education funded by taxes? Well, of course, the obvious winners would be the students. So for them, yes, obviously it would be worth it. But what about for the average worker that may have never been to university or has already paid off their student debt? Well a 2005 paper by the centre for studies in higher education noted that it could be a net benefit to everybody, but probably not in its current form. If college was to be made free again, two things would need to happen. One, it would be much harder to get into. Government funding can only go so far and there just wouldn't be as many positions available. Two, it would need to get more specific. There are roles that will provide more value to an economy than others. If a government wants to effectively allocate these public funds into producing the most public good, they will need to specifically dictate what courses they can be used on. So STEM, law, business and medicine pretty much. This isn't meant to attack any other fields of academia, but it's just that it would be irresponsible to make the fabled underwater basket weaving available because it's unlikely to ever deliver back on the economic burden of higher taxes. Perhaps the best solution is a combination of both taxpayer funded education that put the tax burden on those who benefit from it. The Australian government's higher education contribution scheme or HECS is one of the most intriguing solutions to this problem. Now I know, I spent all of last video ragging on the government of kangaroo land but credit where credit is due. What this policy does is allow students to attend university at no upfront expense and without the need to take out a loan from a private company. Nothing is charged while the students are finishing their degree and in fact payments do not start until after they find a job where they are earning more than $52,000 per year. After which point they pay a significantly higher tax rate than they would have otherwise until their loan is paid off. This does a few things, for starters of course it lets students get educated to be better and more productive members of society. It also allows the government to control price levels. Pretty much nobody is going to pay out of pocket for university in australia, so if universities want students they have to fall in line with the pricing guidelines set down by the government through this scheme. The government also gets to control where this money is going. Students are allowed to take on higher debt limits for courses like medicine than they are for say an arts degree. It also means those who want to get the education pay for that education when it is reasonable to do so. There are of course people who will get their university degree and never work or never earn enough money to pay back the loans and this will ultimately be an expense that is worn by the average taxpayer. but the vast majority of graduates pretty much start paying it back from the moment they get their first full time job out of uni. Now university fees in Australia are pretty high, comparable even to those in the US, but you are unlikely to hear about a crippling debt crisis here because of this approach. So that is a fun little solution, but it might only work to avoid the problems that we already have. There are $1.6 trillion worth of student loans outstanding in the United States, and those are being levied on a lot of people that don't have the luxury of not needing to pay until they earn $52,000. So could the debt be forgiven? The short answer is yes of course. The government just printed trillions of dollars in response to the economic fallout of the coronavirus so the capacity does exist, but if anything it might just cement a fundamentally broken system. The big picture problem is not the level of debt, it's that money has been so easy to come by and put towards universities that have made a bloated system. Mortgage backed securities did the same thing with real estate in 2008. An unlimited amount of money going towards writing loans that can't be forgiven by bankruptcy means that institutions want to write more of these loans. They start off with the easy stuff, an honours student going to university to get an engineering degree from Penn State. No worries, obviously they will get a good job out of university and be able to bring in income enough to service this loan, eventually they will run out of good people to lend to so they go for things that are a little bit riskier. A D student who barely graduated high school going to study communications at Shaw University might not have the same capacity to make those repayments once they graduate. But that's okay. these debts can't be avoided, so who doesn't pay their student loans? Sound familiar? It should, and it is very alarming. Knocking out student debt would no doubt do a lot of good, for starters it would give young workers a lot more disposable income for consumption, but if a government is going to make that investment. They need systems in place to make sure they are making a wise investment. In the interim people may be so obsessed with going to university that any policy that makes this process harder would be seen as a direct attack. Student loan debt can be crippling on an individual level and left unchecked it may end up doing more harm than good economy wide. Are there alternatives in place? Well yes, but students will need to accept that these alternatives make it harder to get into university. Is that necessarily a bad thing? On an individual level, sure. When you have been told your whole life that a good education is the most important thing that you can invest in, it's difficult to make rational economic decisions that don't include getting a degree. On a nationwide level though, probably not. There is a huge misallocation of skills between what is in demand in the workforce and what is supplied by graduates. Sure, in theory technical roles will produce more value, but a nation cannot function entirely on pushing numbers around. If it is some consolation, college admissions have been on decline for the past 8 years, so maybe people are realizing the gravity of this situation. If nothing else, I hope any potential viewers making the decision of college or not to college consider this. This is really an investment, how am I going to get a return on this investment? Are there better investment options available to me? What are the risks of this investment? And is this an investment that I really want to make? Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed the latest video. If you did, please consider liking and subscribing. This video was actually suggested by one of our patrons over on Patreon during our live QA stream, which, thank you, by the way, this was a really great topic. But if you want to have your say about what country or topic we explore next, please consider supporting the channel like these awesome people did. Thanks, guys. Bye.